0: Welcome to another emergency edition of Sportsbeat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr., and I'm here with the other host, Zachary Hicken.
1: I'm, I'm just sweet Sports that we're back. Sports are back. Sportsbeat After Hours is back. Mm. All feels somewhat normal in the world. Somewhat. Yes. Somewhat. Somewhat. But... Yeah, uh, we just wrapped up watching, well, I mean, a few hours ago, watched up, wrapped up watching the Jazz game, the Lakers-Clippers game, two two-point games to mm-hmm. start off the NBA season, man. It just feels good to see NBA games that count. Like, I was just telling you that I'm going to be up all night. Like, I just have oh, so yeah. much adrenaline. Wired. Like, I'm kind of wired, yeah. Like, it's a, it's not quite midnight yet, but it's pretty late, and... I'm, like, not tired at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Same here. It was so good to see amongst all the players. Rudy Gobert getting it done on the floor. Um, I'm just so happy. And it looks like him and Donovan, at least the tandem, haven't lost the step. The Jazz are a little bit rusty, you could tell, just mm-hmm. from watching that game. But it does. I don't care. It was great watching live basketball.
1: Well, it was the first time that a lot of these guys really got a full – Game playing experience. They obviously played the three scrimmage games. Right. But, like, they weren't playing, they weren't going out and rolling them out for more than, like, 25, 26 minutes a night. Yeah. Like, I think they were playing about 24, is what they were capped at. Yeah. All of a sudden, they go into night, and the five starters Royce plays 35 minutes, Rudy 34, Mike Conley 34, Joe 32, Donovan 36. Um, and then Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench playing 32 minutes. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of minutes for your main six guys that are really going to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they kind of have to find a way to fill the, the void that Bojan left. Yeah. And the one of the ways that they looked to do that was three-point shooting. And <laughs> they had a lot of volume three-point shooting, but right. not a lot of volume in the makes. Right. Eight for 34, that's 23.5%. Is that concerning to you?
0: Um. No, I think that's something we can throw away just because it's the first game after 120 days without Mm -hmm. playing a basketball. It's they weren't bad looks like they weren't taking bad shots. They just weren't making the shots they were taking. And so I think I chalk that up to rust. I chalk it up to it's a it's a different it's a new experience. Um, This whole bubble thing. And so I'm going to give it another game, maybe two games if they play better as a whole this next game um, before I start to get panicky.
1: Yeah, let me give you a couple numbers. Two for seven, two for seven, one for eight. Yeah. That's Royce, Mike, and then Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. They're shooting from beyond the arc. Clarkson, I expected, like, you got to get a little bit more from him. The thing that um, – I was kind of disappointed in that we saw it was Joe only shot three three pointers. I was expecting maybe to see him shoot a little bit more,
0: yeah, we talked about this earlier, just like we thought that he would have to shift his role a little bit just because they're missing Bojan.
1: yeah, so I thought he'd play more of like a um kind of like a four uh-huh rather than he's like been playing like a like a like the one um or like the three just depending on like who's on the court with him right. So I was expecting maybe, like, yeah, defensively, like, Royce is going to play the four, like, if they're on the court together. But um, some sort of 3-4 combo yeah. where he um, could get some looks, um, like, set up in the wing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, in the corner. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked what we saw from uh, from Donovan. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. That's a pretty good game. One thing hasn't changed in the four months off, like, he's still a closer in the fourth quarter. He scored eight oh, yeah. of the final ten points. For sure. Um, and then Rudy scored the final two points. He iced the game, which yeah. was pretty cool. Um, it came off of actually talking about that connection that you mentioned earlier. Um, the two had a pair of lobs in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like that communication's still there. Um, Donovan's looking for opportunities to get Rudy the ball. Yes. And then you even saw that on that final play – Donovan drove and he dumps the ball off to Rudy because Rudy had a better shot. Rudy gets fouled by Faves. Yeah. And he sees was a good free foul. By and way. It, yeah, it was a good f- if if one of the I mean, who would you rather have taking free throws, Donovan or Rudy? Exactly. And so, yeah, when and I I think they I think Donovan made the right decision yeah. to dump that off. And you know what? It's going to have Rudy happy because what was Rudy asking for all season all leading season. up to the All-Star break? Pass me the ball. Passing Pass me the, the ball. ball. You know? <laughs> and so I feel like Donovan's done a really good job of trying to find opportunities for Rudy. Yeah. And it's opening up avenues for everyone else. It's opening up opportunities for Mike. Yes. Um, it's going to open up opportunities for Donovan. It's going to open up opportunities for Clarkson. Clarkson's a guy who's just going to take as many as he oh, can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and um,
0: Dude, Royce too. It opens up a lot of opportunities for him. That's the thing is, like, I feel like... This Jazz team is, like, recognizing – not that they didn't recognize Rudy's talent or whatever before. I'm just saying that now they're like, okay, we need to run the offense at Rudy, right? Um, yeah. Through Donovan or Mike or whoever's on the floor. But you got to get Rudy the ball. You got to get the big man banging in the paint. And they I think they did that, which is why I'm not concerned. Like you said, the Rudy – um offense was opening up a lot of opportunities for the other guys. Mm-hmm. They weren't making them, which kind of sucks, but, um, they still got the W at the end and hopefully the next game, they, they tighten up that shooting.
1: Yeah. One of the things that really surprised me in the game though. Um, so obviously the big story of the last couple of weeks, like in the NBA as a whole was Zion Williamson leaving the bubble. Well, right. Actually it's one of the two. We'll talk <laughs> about another guy that left the bubble later. Um, I texted you when I saw that come down yeah. while you were in Denver, and I was just like, dude, we need a podcast about <laughs> this. Uh, but Zion left the bubble to attend to a family emergency, and yeah. there was questions about whether he'd be back for scrimmage games, if he'd be back for the season opener, um, how they were going to handle like his whole quarantine situation once he came back, mm-hmm. the testing, all that stuff. And so he cleared quarantine because he never tested positive while he was outside of the bubble. Yeah. Um. And so what happened was he was able to come back, but he'd never played in any um, me, in any scrimmage games. So all of a sudden they um have to throw him in his first playing experience in yeah almost five months is this game against the Jazz, and they only play him fifteen minutes. And I was very surprised. Crazy. You look at where New Orleans is in the standings. Like they need to win every single game that they have remaining. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling up the uh, the standings right now. Um, so they are currently sitting in 11th place, um, and they are four games back from the eighth, eighth seed. Okay. The schedule was set up for the Pelicans. Like the NBA literally, <laughs> you look at the schedule, right. it was set up for the Pelicans to make a run, Yes. To get an opportunity to play in the playoffs. Um, Because their next games, uh, they're going to play, okay, the Clippers, then the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Kings, and the Magic. (laughs) So they have one game left against a team over 500. Right. And so, yeah, they get tested a little bit against the Jazz, but, like, the Jazz and Pelicans... You know, they've battled tight all season yes. without Zion in the lineup. Right. And all of a sudden you have him back. And I was telling you earlier, he's the only like like don't get this wrong. I think John Morant is great. I right. think John Morant is the unanimous rookie of the year because of what he accomplished in the time frame he accomplished it. Zion didn't play the entire season. Zion scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Zion is a rookie is an impact player that can change a game for sure and i don't want to mess with that i don't want him on the court as an opponent right so looking at that it's a huge mismatch who on the jazz roster is going to defend this guy who's 285 pounds of solid muscle mm-hmm. and that's probably underselling right a lot of pounds <laughs> yeah. a lot a lot of the he looks lbs a lot he's, stronger. he's strong he's strong like thick. rudy's You know, Rudy's gonna have some man strength just because of his maturity Mm -hmm. and but like they're not gonna bang down in the post all game long. Like Rudy's not gonna be able to handle that. No, not
0: not fifty minutes of that. Exactly.
1: And so I was blown away, you know, we're watching this game and he's only played fifteen minutes and we get to like the five minute left five minute, five and a half minutes left, they don't put him in. Yeah. Four minutes in, he's still not in. I'm like, okay, Maybe they're going to put him in for the final two minutes. We get to, like, two minutes, no. Under two minutes, no. Yeah. They don't even put him in for the final play. They don't draw something up for him. And I get that, like, Ingram's great. Like, that's probably the guy that you want to go to.
0: Yeah, you want the ball in his hands at the end. You want
1: the ball in his hands. But, man, it opens things up for him if Zion's on the court, man. Right. And I was just really surprised with how they have eight games to play. They're four games back. They probably realistically need to win six games right. to make the playoffs or at least get that play-in game. Every game counts. You can't throw away a game like this. And I think that if they play Zion down the stretch, then they're going to win that game.
0: It's It makes you really wonder what they were doing like as far as the coaching goes. Like, Okay, on the one hand this pelicans team is good like give them two years and they're going to be scary they have like so many good players um that are young and they just need time to develop okay but you look at them like you said in the season before like tight games won and lost in the last few seconds um why aren't they putting in zion why aren't they yeah i just have no idea do you think Every every reason I can think of, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, right. you know, maybe this the Jazz arguably were the toughest team on their schedule. Maybe they just threw this game away. No, I don't think the Pelicans would do that. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. But the Jazz almost lost that game, even with uh, Zion only playing a few minutes. And uh, yeah, I don't even know what to think. All I know is that the Jazz looked good uh, for the condition and the state of this. Of this tournament
1: yeah i think so too and i think um i mean it's not like they have a super easy road ahead of them um their remaining schedule like i personally i think the jazz just need to find a way to jockey where they're going to end up in the standings right now they're sitting at the four seed um they're going to play okc in the first round um i actually kind of like that i don't know how you feel about it i kind of like that um I, t-
0: I prefer it over the Rockets. That matchup.
1: Yes, absolutely. I don't want to play the Rockets. I want yeah. no part of the Rockets, but like, so they play the Thunder next, so that could kind of be, give the Jazz an idea of like where they want to, mm-hmm. if they want to try and maneuver and manipulate the standings. They also play the Lakers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Nuggets, Mavs, and Spurs again. Yeah. So some teams that have given them some trouble with like the Grizzlies and the Spurs and the Nuggets actually this season, the Nuggets have been really tough yeah. for them. They've kind of dominated the Mavs this year, but, like, the Lakers, that'll give them a good test. Um, and the Thunder will as well. But, yeah, I mean, so you look at where things are with um, with the Western Conference standings. If the Jazz move up, they're a game back from Denver right now. If they move up and Houston stays at the sixth seed, then it's Jazz Rockets in the first round again. Gotcha. You know? And so, like... The thing that would really stink about that, I don't know. I mean, Eric Gordon's potentially hurt. We don't know how long he's going to be out. If he's out for the remainder of the bubble, the resumption of the season, you know, that could benefit the Jazz. For sure. Um, But, yeah. But again,
0: Westbrook and Harden look really good. And so.
1: Yeah. And so it's going to be really interesting. You know what Jazz try and do? I just, I don't want another year of no. Houston and like, especially with like, you don't get the home court advantage, right? Like that's such a big factor in, in this. Like, realistically, like the Jazz have clinched a playoff seed. Like, right? If they lose every single game, they will still make the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any benefit, right? In any way. I mean, maybe they'll do something where like your M you get a home crowd MC or something.
0: <laughs> they play their your crowd on the speakers.
1: Right. And they actually have done that with, like, some of these, like, the quote-unquote home teams. Like, they put, like, their PA announcer yeah. over the thing and, like, right. I, but, like, maybe they do something where, like, you get to play your music louder or, like. Right. I don't know. I So we were talking, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, like, this just kind of looks like NBA 2K. Yeah. So maybe, like, you get, like, some sort of, like, momentum bonus points. Like, if you score, like, on five straight possessions, you get a bonus. No, dude. And you get, like, over the over the, over the overhead speakers, oh, bonus. You, uh, you have – what you need to do
0: is have social media, like, some hashtag that triggers, like, you know, the, the images around the player shooting a free throw to shake. Yeah. Like, and so everyone just tweets something and then it shakes the, the crowd. Oh dude that'd be cool that'd be know.
1: interesting did you see the um there was a, a picture i saw on twitter it was from roger sherman of the ringer um so there's the fan video boards that yes. they kind of show like the fans interacting and stuff like that in the mls um in the mls's back tournament uh-huh. they had just one fan on the jumbo <laughs> and it looked <laughs> like dr evil and dude it was the funniest thing ever like I feel like if you put, like, something like that up, like, just behind, and just, like, one dude. Oh, yeah. And, like, right behind the backboard. Big Thunder. Yeah. Absolutely. Big Thunder. Like, that would be so distracting. Um, For sure. Yeah. That would be... I don't know. I feel like there's some ways the NBA... Like, they the is really smart. Like, yeah. Out of all the leagues that have stuff going on right now, like, the NBA has done it right. Right. So That's far. Can't. And, uh, I mean, not to take away, the MLS has been really good the tournament was very well run the nwsl tournament was very well run Mm -hmm. but that was kind of like a temporary solution as they got prepared to restart their season yeah i mean the mlb is just kind of a dumpster fire right now that's the thing man on monday i thought the season was going to get canceled (laughs) and i guess that kind of gives us an opportunity to transition do we want to talk any more jazz are we good i think we're good that's the main
0: points and i'm just excited for the jazz to keep playing
1: yeah yeah, I am too. It's been it's been so fun, like having these scrimmage games, and I guess this was kind of like your first taste because you've been out of town. Yeah, and um, so it it just feels like even though it's like you know we're not across the street at the arena. Yeah, we're not hanging out there till two in the morning. We're not in the locker room. Like it just kind of feels like L- some semblance of normal, yeah. and so it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, what's been going on with the MLB is kind of crazy, like. I was really so I wasn't excited for this baseball season. Right. My all time favorite baseball player, like ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. Just got traded from my favorite team. Mookie Betts got traded to the Dodgers. And I was just I was really disappointed. Right. Um and so I've like joked about not caring about baseball anymore. I still care, but I was excited once baseball started back up, and you know, like Matt and I, last week we like sat and watched the Red Sox game on opening day on Friday. Uh Um, It's been a rough go since, but (laughs) uh, I think they lost like four straight after that. But like, man, it was cool to like see baseball back, and like you know, all these players like Aaron Judge looks great, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout, and all of a sudden I wake up Monday to a coronavirus outbreak in the Marlins clubhouse. Dude. And I think at that point it was 11 players. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, this is bad. This is really bad because they're already on a shortened season. Mm-hmm. Like, they're condensing it. Like, how do you make up these games? It looks like they're trying to figure out, you know, they're going to do some double headers, some seven-inning double headers, stuff like that. But, man, I just – it scared me because I was like, this is – Bad news for the rest of sporting leagues. Yeah. It's bad news for the NFL. It's bad news for college. Like anyone who's not gonna be in a bubble, this is really yeah. scary.
0: That's the thing. They should just they should just sell the team. Put them somewhere else. The Salt Lake Marlins. Oh yeah. Should I whisper
1: that louder? The Salt Lake Marlins? Dude, their colors <laughs> are close to the gulls.
0: Yeah. It'd be easy transition. Yeah, I like it. Um yeah, other than that, dude, like another ex Red Sox player had Quite the uh, shining moment. Uh, freaking Joe Kelly.
1: Oh, dude. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Sorry, I didn't know where you were going with that for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, dude. I love Joe Kelly because um, he kind of became like this. So him and, um, him and uh, Carson Smith and then who was the other guy? Uh, Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. they were kind of the three middle relief pitchers for the Red Sox. They were kind of a tandem for, like, 2017, 2018 that you'd see almost every game. Heath Henry yeah. was in there, too. And Joe Kelly was, like, my favorite because he just he threw fireballs, dude. Yeah, Like, this guy could throw, like, 101-plus. Jeez. Easy if he wanted to. And He's fiery. Like, he's out there wearing, like, the see-through, like, the clear Oakley glasses. Uh-huh. Like, he kind of has, like, a little bit of a – Wild thing from like major league, you know. That's what I was. And so like he's just kind of you know he's kind of wild, like yeah, like he he shows a lot of personality on the on the mound, which is a lot of fun. Like I loved cheering for him when he was a Red Sox, but um, yeah, he uh, so I, I'm totally like anti Astros. I hate the Astros. Like I think everyone does. Like like screw those guys. Like what they did was super messed up and. Yeah, you know, I know that the Red Sox were involved with it, but, like, they weren't blatantly doing it as bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to justify it for what the Red Sox did. Um, They didn't
0: win a Super—they
1: didn't win a—sorry, a World Series. Well, they did win a World Series. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because—so the the Astros won it in 2017, and then they're— uh, assistant coach Alex Cora got hired by the Red Sox, and then they won it the next year in 2018.
0: So they proved, they proved that it was the cheating with the Red Sox
1: so also? They didn't say necessarily that they he w- it was involved with the Red Sox, but Alex okay. Cora got banned from baseball for one year. Okay.
0: Well, I just thought it was like, they're like, oh, that's a bad look for that dude. Yeah. I didn't know, like...
1: The thing that's funny is, like, no, nothing really ever came out of the Red Sox investigation. Not, like, what came out of the Astros investigation.
0: Right. Where you saw the wires and they talked about them. And they,
1: yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, like, the thing that really bothered me about it is, like, the Astros weren't really ever remorseful. Right. Like, they lied about it even after they were caught. Mm-hmm. Um, And I I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of Rob Manfred. Right. and him going and like not punishing them and then his response to why he didn't punish them oh, it's just a piece of metal yeah that's dude weird. you're the you're the commissioner of major league baseball you can't say that about your sport like right. he's just so his background's kind of interesting he was like a labor lawyer um for major league baseball um and so he doesn't like really have like the same background in baseball as like you know, uh, like even Bud Selig, who was like an owner, you know, yeah. um, and or he's like not a former player. Like he w- he got involved in baseball because it was a job that he got. Really? He didn't get involved in baseball because he loved it. He's not like Adam Silver, you know, yeah, um, or David Stern, you know, like both great commissioners um, that really loved basketball, uh-huh. that wanted to grow their sport. But yeah, he's just real. He's just been a dumpster fire. And, <laughs> So, you know what? He doesn't punish the Astros for blatantly cheating. Yeah. And because of that, you know, players are going to self-police. And there's been self-policing in baseball for a long time. Yeah. Like, there's the unwritten rules. If you break them, you're going to be thrown at. You know, if you kind of pimp out a home run, if you throw your bat, if you stunt, if you show off, whatever, you're going to be thrown at. And so, Joe Kelly is a guy who has some fire in his stomach. And, you know, like... He – was it Correa he struck out, I think, and then he throws at Altuve and Bregman? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I do not blame him one bit for doing that. I think it's kind of bull that he got um, – fined or whatever. Well, he got suspended eight games. That's 13% of the season. Yeah. In a regular season, that's true. 22 games. That's true. So, yeah. I think that – They should have and, matched the season. And, like, and guess what? What? He got – um, suspended more games than the entire Astros team combined <laughs> who cheated. Yeah. Okay. So I just think it was kind of a weak punishment to come out. And you know what? Like if you don't like that, if you don't like that, people are going to throw at the Astros punish them. Right. Right. So it doesn't, because this yet. is going to happen all season. Right. This is going to happen all season. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I just, I don't really like where any of that really ended up. Yeah i'm fine with people in this situation throwing at people mm-hmm. um i'm usually not because i don't want people to get injured but like in this situation like <laughs> throw at them
0: like well it's great because like who did they i don't remember who the pitcher was the next the next time at least from what i saw on social media altuve was up at bat again and someone threw a curveball and he like ducked but it was
1: a There was a strike. Yeah. And 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 the the broadcaster goes, Oh, yeah, that's what happens when you don't know what's coming. (laughs) Right. When you guess or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just,
0: that's funny to watch. The payoff, that's the
1: payoff, and I love it. Yeah, for sure.
0: But, anyways, that's, dude, it's just nice to have real sports to talk about.
1: Yeah. I actually have one thing I want to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to tell you when we come back where to get the best wings when you're in Atlanta we'll be right back all right hema i'm a big wing fan you're yes. a big wing fan yes um, any wing companies that want to sponsor sports beat after hours we're open our dms slide are open in. slide right in um i'm a big fan of bonein me um, too i like the flats i like the drums i like both of them yes love them both i love any type of sauce I, hey i an, i will be a sauce tester okay <laughs> oh dude if that'd you be want great. if you need people to like test your sauce Tell you how hot it is, mm-hmm. if it's good to be served to the general population. We're your guys.
0: It can be it can be as hot as you want. Yeah. We'll still
1: we'll eat. We'll eat a straight up ghost pepper. Yes. Yeah. But Absolutely. speaking of wings, <laughs> we teased it before we went to break. Um man, one of the most interesting stories to come out of the whole NBA bubble was something that happened outside the bubble. Of course. So and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Lou Williams leaves the bubble um, to go attend to a, I think it was a family friend's funeral. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, pictures show up. Well, I guess it was a video on uh, Jack Harlow, um, <laughs> his uh, Instagram of, of Lou Williams and Jack Harlow at a strip club called Magic City. <laughs> and... Everyone's like, what on earth is Lou Will doing? Yeah. You know? Like, and it comes out. He went to the strip club to order wings because there's wings named after him. They're called (laughs) Lemon Pepper Lou Will. (laughs) I did not
0: know this. Dude. I have not been in legendary, but It's legendary. That's crazy.
1: Like, if you had wings named after you, what flavor would they be? Uh,
0: Probably something with pineapple in it. (laughs) (laughs) With... With coconut.
1: Coconut flakes. (laughs) We fry it in coconut oil. (laughs) Uh. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, the funniest part of the story, too, is how Jack Harlow basically spilled the beans.
1: He outed him, dude.
0: (laughs) He outed him. And it's like, you know, if you're Lou Williams or Jack Harlow, you post something. And even if you delete it like a second later, someone's already screenshotted it. Oh, yeah. It's already over.
1: For sure. Yeah. And so there were screenshots all over, bro. Um, I think if I, uh, let me, uh, my, my Your flavor, flavor. would be hick and hot garlic. Okay. Yeah. I like it. That sounds,
0: dude, you already have a name for yours.
1: Yeah, dude. I don't think I haven't started a, like <laughs> thought about like starting Just fantasy. Oh dude. My dream is to open up a chicken restaurant called Hickens chickens. That sounds dope. Yeah. I like it. Dude. We'll serve every type of chicken. We'll serve it broiled. We'll serve Let's it go. Br- baked. Let's go. Boiled, grilled, soiled chicken. Fried. Ugh.
0: Yeah. I'm down for that.
1: Yeah, dude. And all chicken thighs, no chicken breast. Yeah. Ch- yeah. dude, chicken look, uh, chicken thighs.
0: That's where it's at. Yeah. If you're if you're messing with the chicken breasts, you're doing it wrong. For sure.
1: For <laughs> sure. Um anyway, uh yeah. One of the craziest stories, like Adam Silver had to go to Magic City, the strip club, to investigate. I think Oh, sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that he conducted, like, 10 hours worth of interviews. Oh, I'm sure he did. And now Lou <laughs> <laughs> is quarantined on the Disney campus for 10 days while his team just started the season. And yeah. guess what? They could have used him tonight because they lost by two points to the Lakers, you know?
0: I hope those chicken breasts or thighs were
1: worth it. Yeah, the chicken wings. Eating. Yeah. God, is it just? It's
0: hilarious. Oh. You can't, you can't make this stuff up.
1: Dude. Like this is such an. I feel like th- that's such a unique NBA story. Like this is what makes yeah. the NBA so unique. You know, so great, and, oh, fantastic. And speaking of unique weird stories, okay, can we talk about the on again, off again oh, relationship geez. of BYU and the Big Twelve?
0: I guess we're on again.
1: Maybe, maybe. Do you want to go to homecoming with me? <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: it's like, uh, I thought that was funny, the thing that you uh, tweeted earlier where you crossed out uh, BYU fans holding up a sign that says, we want Bama, and you crossed out Bama and put anyone.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just anybody. Yeah. Um, news broke that the SEC is going to an all-conference schedule.
1: I'm shocked.
0: I'm shocked, I, too. I
1: So that news reports came forward yesterday. Um that this was something that the SEC was looking at and they officially announced it today. Right. When those reports came out, I was just like, oh, no. Because you see, so BYU's already had five games canceled. They lose the Mizzou game. That's six games that they've lost on Mm -hmm. their schedule. The best schedule that they've ever had in school history. Absolutely. Like, bar none, you get six P5 schools that are all very well recognized or recently successful. And all of a sudden you lose it. Like, that's that's 10 years of work that Tom Holmo's put in to get yeah. these games.
0: That This was like Tom Holmo's Sistine Chapel. Like, yeah. this is his Mona Lisa. Right. And it all just blows away. Yeah. So, I think the real Tom Holo, Holmo legacy is going to be how he rebounds from this. Yeah. Like, how he turns this giant failure into a, into a win. Um. So, we'll see what he does. But, yeah, like you were saying- Boe just lost a bunch of games. SEC cancels. Which, by the way, that's like the last conference I
1: think would cancel. You
0: that's, would think would cancel. The season.
1: That's exactly. So, just even the non-conference games, I was very surprised. Just because it seems like, you know, they just want their football. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of surprised me now. So, the only Power 5 conference we haven't heard from. Let's give a rewind for what everyone's done. Okay. Pac-12 non or, uh conference only right big 10 conference only ACC conference only plus one mm-hmm. now the plus one you can play an at home or an in-state opponent right so that gives opportunities for like florida um,
0: florida florida
1: state. well i guess actually like florida can't play them i guess that's true <laughs> anyway so it would be like southern florida uc florida state or ucf <laughs> yeah, florida state something you know like that. or you know i think um florida state has boise state on the schedule Boise State, State can go out to Florida State to Tallahassee, right? Um, or like well, I was just going to say, another traditional rivalry is is Clemson South Carolina. They're not going to play, obviously, but right. um, so there's still opportunities for teams to. to
0: there's more flexibility. For yeah,
1: there's a little work. bit more flexibility, and Notre Dame gets invited. Notre Dame is included in that, mm-hmm. um, and so with all of that, there was maybe some thinking. With the Big Twelve, they haven't announced their decision yet. If they're gonna go conference only or still allowed on conference games. So there was some thinking, hey, um, maybe BYU could kind of get like a Notre Dame bargain just for this season with the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve only has ten teams. Yes, I know that's the weirdest thing ever. Right. The Big 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 Ten has has... (laughs) fourteen. The Big Twelve has ten. The Pac twelve does have twelve, so they're accurate. Yeah. Um they're all research schools, anyways. The SEC um, does not count, so. <laughs> uh They have ABC number of schools. <laughs> uh, anyway, football just matters more down in the SEC. But so the Big Twelve, uh, all of a sudden, these weird weird rumors start popping up among like Big Twelve media members, like people that cover like Texas and Oklahoma, right, and Baylor and Oklahoma State. Of hey, why doesn't like. The Big 12, like, figure something out with BYU.
0: Did they just back on that bullshit again? Yeah. So, the same stuff we heard.
1: But this kind of makes sense. Right. And let me tell you why. Because the Pac 12 is doing a 10 game conference slate. Um, I believe the Big 10 is doing the same. I don't know if they've announced the number of games that they're playing, but they can play up to 12 if they want to. Right. It's likely that they're going to play a minimum of 10. Yeah. Um, the ACC is doing ten conference games plus one non-conference game, and then uh, I can't remember. Did the SEC announce how many games they're playing, or just that they're doing conference only?
0: They I don't. From what I remember, they don't know how many games they're playing. Okay, like they so they
1: could, could go anywhere between ten and twelve. Right. Now, realistically, with the Big Twelve, they have ten members. If you do a round robin schedule, you can only play nine conference games before you start overlapping and playing teams twice. Yes, that's something I think the Big Twelve would like to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just because like, it's just like, what if, you, you know,
0: you can't sell two games, right? Like on TV. Well, just no imagine. Okay.
1: Again. So imagine Oklahoma, Texas end up playing like the first week or two of the season. Right. Then again, they play again later, but those two also happen to be like the two best teams in the and big 12. The, and the, and the they yeah, have to play in the championship. the championship game. Yeah. And so just like something like that, I just feel like wouldn't work. So, Maybe you could work out some sort of scheduling agreement with an independent like BYU, who just saw their season collapse, mm-hmm. and you add that and you do a true round robin. You can play ten games, do some sort of exemption where BYU is not allowed to play in the Big Twelve championship game right. if they end up being one of the top two teams. Um, some sort of revenue split where BYU doesn't get any money from like the Big Twelve, um, like TV package. Yeah, 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 uh, or like the Longhorn Network, but like. BYU may have to like pony up some money from right. their ESPN contract, even if it's like an additional like million dollars. You know, that's another hundred thousand dollars that each school gets. Right. Um, it could be that you know BYU has to broadcast games on BYU TV, mm-hmm. something like that. Like something BYU can bring a lot to the table, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they they money is not an issue with BYU. Yeah, the their TV uh, production. I don't want to say company, whatever, BY T V. That's a that's a definite incentive. Well,
1: it's a top notch company that, you know, they broadcast in full HD. They are mm-hmm. nationwide. Like you're not going to be blacked out. You're not going to be restricted yep. in any region. People can access it for free. You can stream it for free on any like streaming device. Anywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. Um, it's it's such a great platform. And, you know, like this could help. Like I don't think that BYU is going to earn just straight up membership out of this. Like that would just no. be kind of asinine unless, you know, they come in and kick butt and they kind of have to offer them. But I yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, it could start some sort of partnership even if BYU gets something where they can start scheduling more Big Twelve schools. You know, that's yeah. that's a way to get your footprint in there and yeah. build relationships and prove that hey, you know what, we can compete at this level because yeah. ultimately BYU's goal isn't to remain independent. They want to play, right. you know, among the best of the best. They want to eventually make way to a power five conference. Right. They want to be included.
0: It's people just seem to forget that for BYU independence. Wasn't
1: a, it wasn't,
0: it wasn't a, the end goal. It, yeah. It wasn't the end goal, but also it wasn't like a, a second place prize because no, no G five conference wanted them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just a better option than going back to a G five right. conference. Um, and so, dude, if if they can get a Power Five invite out of this whole mess, then that is Tom Holmo's Sistine Chapel. That is his yeah, that is his Mona Lisa. And yeah. I think if he can pull it off, that'd be great. The only doubt that I have is the Big Twelve, Bullsby in particular. They seem to have no idea how to take advantage of uh, opportunities that mm-hmm. come their way. Yeah. Um, because for Pete's sake, they they still only have 10 members right. for a Big 12 conference. Right. And so, dude, I don't think it's, anything's going to happen, to be yeah. honest. I'm not optimistic.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I don't know. How optimistic are you that something's going to happen?
1: I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I just, so, like, we're not supposed to be fans of, like, the teams that we cover. But it's kind of hard when, like, every team that we cover, you kind of, like, not, like, camaraderie because you're not, like, you know, like, you're not equals with these kids. But you kind of gain, like, an affinity for them. Yeah, for any school. For any school. Like, it, it goes for high school kids. Like, I love seeing these high school kids succeed and going on to, like, you know, make great plays and getting opportunities to, like, play at the next level or, you know, doing something that like, makes their school and their parents their families proud and their yeah. friends and, you know, just accomplishing stuff. Like, it's really cool to, to just see, like, storylines develop over a season. Yeah. And when you follow guys, like, you know, starting as, like, a freshman in high school, there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that we followed all the way through and now they're in their careers at BYU – right and man it's hard to see these guys who are like seniors now like matt bushman kairos tonga Mm -hmm. um zane anderson troy warner like these dudes who have given a lot on the field you know they've they've battled through injuries they battled through the four and nine season like Mm -hmm. they've been through a lot and then specifically for Matt and Kairos, like they had an opportunity to go play at the NFL. Yeah, they came back. And they came back because they believed in what BYU was doing. They were excited to play this schedule, and all of a sudden they come back and um, things are just falling apart. I mean, BYU's practicing right now. They just started practice on Monday. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what their week <laughs> yeah. one opponent's going to be. They don't know when they're going to play. As of right now, their first game is scheduled for the first week of October. Yeah. The first week of October, they were supposed to start the first week of September. They have four weeks that have disappeared off of their schedule. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to see that happen. Like you really feel for these kids, like, you know, all that they've sacrificed and everything. And, you know, I would feel the exact same way if it happened to Utah, Mm -hmm. if it happened to Utah State, if it happened to Weber State, Dixie State, Southern Utah, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And so I, I hope that whatever works out is in that Tom Homo can do what's in the best interest for his student-athletes, that he can deliver an opportunity for them to actually play their season yes, um, and just have, you know, no matter how many opportunities, whether it's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. chances to suit up in their BYU uniforms one last time.
0: I think, you know, I think every team has this attitude, but BYU more so this year than any other year. I think they have the attitude of, we're going to play anyone, anytime, anywhere. Right. Just give us a chance. Yeah. So hopefully Tom can get Tom Holmo can get that done.
1: Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I'm just going to try and remain optimistic. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um,
0: Even though we're not that much older than all these guys, they do feel like kids to, yeah, us. I went to
1: high school with some of these kids. They're yeah. still playing there,
0: <laughs> but like, you know, covering them from high school, like you said, so, it just f- makes me feel very paternal
1: in that sense, yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, speaking of paternity, do you wanna do some dad advice? Let's go, okay, so, um, man, Ham what's new with like you so you were in Denver last week. you got yes. a chance to spend time with a paternal figure in your life mm-hmm what uh what dad advice do you have? What dad advice are you seeking? What dad advice do you have? That's a good. Tell okay. us what you got.
0: So that's a good question. I got to spend some time with my pops, my dad. Um, it's you know they moved t- to Denver last year, and so we don't see them as much as we used to. We used to go over to their house every Sunday for like Sunday dinner and yeah. hang out for a little bit or whatever. So on my trip, and you can hear this in the pod, the second half of the other, the two part podcast that we did. Um, I got to sit down with my dad, and they got to you know see their grandkids and mm-hmm. chat a little bit about um, what it was like for him uh, playing at BYU. But in doing so, I kind of just realized that, you know what, like spending time with your dad as you get older becomes harder. And um, because you both have such busy lives. And so to just treasure those kind of moments. And I actually remembered that piece of advice when I was driving home from Colorado, because for the last three hours of the drive, all three of my kids were screaming (laughs) in the van and I was just like, you know what? Enjoy this time. Enjoy these moments because they don't last very long. And so when I got home, like home, home, um, I decided to do something fun, um, with my kids and we pitched a tent in the backyard and me and my, um, two older kids, got to go quote unquote camping Oh. and that's awesome. they had a blast and it was really fun. And, um, we told ghost stories. Oh yeah. And obviously they're not scary ghost stories because I wanted to get some sleep that right. night. But, uh, my son, we told him to, to come up with the scariest story you can think of. And if you go to my Instagram at X underscore Hems, you can read in my stories, his, I recorded him telling his story and that was fantastic. And so, my dad advice for this week is just enjoy the time you have with your kids. Your kids really will enjoy anything you do with them and so um yeah, just enjoy those kind of things. It's not really a I don't know, specific dad advice, but Yeah. You'll see, Zachary, when you have more than one kid, it's uh harder and harder to be patient. But
1: Yeah. No, I I get that. Um So I'm not yeah, again, I'm not looking specifically for, like, advice here, but because mm-hmm. I overcame it. I, I accomplished something. <laughs> um, Let's hear it. So my son last week, he's really good about, like, napping. hmm He has a very good sleep schedule. He sleeps through the night. Like, we've never had real problems with him sleeping through the night or anything. Right. Predictability
0: so, is so, so nice.
1: Oh, totally. Like, I, I totally have, like, my schedule set up, like, every day. So, like, usually, so, like, my days off from work are Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm usually I cook dinner on Monday and Tuesday. So like while he's napping is my time to like start prepping the food. Mm-hmm. Cause I like to like smoke stuff on my smoker, yeah. Um, and so like I really cherish that time. Like it, it's very important to me. It's like my me time, like mm-hmm. my, my self soothing, you know, like self therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. Cooking. It's therapeutic to just kind of have like a little bit of quiet time. I also use it as like an opportunity to like run and exercise and mm-hmm. like lift Um, I'm trying to be, you know, I did a really good job. I mentioned that I lost some weight during the quarantine, but, um, I've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit, but I've been trying to run every day. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. So, um, yeah, I kind of really look forward to that time as much as I love spending time with my son, like love him to death, but yeah,
0: you need a break sometimes. You
1: need a little bit of a break sometimes because sometimes they're very needy Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, so last week my son did not nap for like nine straight days and I was like <sighs> losing my mind and he like started waking up earlier. Okay. So he normally wakes up at like, at like eight ish, which is manageable for me, but he started waking up at like six forty five, 45, six seven o'clock. And so like oh. that extra hour, like makes a big difference for me. Yeah. And so it was pretty rough. Um, I was like getting to the point where I was like, kind of like losing my patience <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But we just kind of kept, pushing it and forcing him to stay in his crib for that time that he would normally nap. And mm-hmm. we overcame the beast.
0: Did he get back on track?
1: He's back on track so far. So nice. it, I think we're three days in four days, four days now that he has napped in a row and it's been glorious. I have awesome. enjoyed it, but um, yeah, it's been kind of interesting though. Cause it's kind of made him, it made him really cranky not getting that <laughs> sleep. Yeah. And so he's been like, um, He's getting to the point now where, like, he's playing with other kids, and he usually plays pretty good, um, but, like, we have some neighbors across the street, like, they have a, a son who's, like, a couple months younger than him and um, a daughter who's, like, a year and a half older than him. Okay. But he, he was, like, outside playing with, like, a bubble machine, and they came over, and they were walking by, and they saw the bubbles, so they wanted to come and play with the bubbles, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my son, he's not really around other kids. We don't have, like, he doesn't have any cousins. hmm Um, like obviously with like any social engagements, like being canceled, like there's no opportunities for him to like socialize with kids and like at the park or in like an ecclesiastical setting, Mm -hmm. you know, like nursery, um, anything like that. So he doesn't really know how to like play with other kids. And like, he just knows how to play with mom and dad. And like, we kind of play rough with him and like, we let him play rough because you you can take it, we can take it. Right. So, a lot of times, and you can, Hemi, you're sitting across from me. I have a scratch on my face. Like, he scratched me (laughs) on the face. And, you know, like, I tell him no, but, you know, he doesn't understand. But I guess he uh, started pulling the girl across the street's hair and is laughing because he doesn't realize.
0: Yeah, he doesn't see what he's doing. What
1: he's doing. And so my wife's like, no, no, no. And he's like, oh, what did I do? Like, why is mom telling me no? And so he gets all upset. Right. And so. We have kind of had to, like, put our foot down a little bit and, like, teach him, like, hey, when you do this to someone, it hurts. So, we've like, had to, like, show him yeah. back. <clears throat> so, I guess – so, he was, like, pulling my wife's hair. And so, my wife, like, pulled on his hair back. And he realized that hurt. Right. And so, he's not pulling hair anymore. Or, like, he came up and, like, smacked me while I was sitting on the couch. And so, I went and I gave him a little <laughs> cap on the on the bottom. Yeah. And he got upset and he realized, hey, that hurts. I need to stop doing that. And yeah. so, um, yeah, uh, that teaching makes your kids stuff like that kind of sucks Yeah, because, like, you ha- they have to learn by experience, like, especially if they, like, don't play with other kids very often because, like, mm-hmm. there's not someone else that's, like going to pull his hair, you know. Right. But he can't do that to other kids. Right. And so, like, you just kind of have to, like, teach them. And I feel really bad about it because it's like not nice and he gets you gotta do it but like he's learning and he hasn't like smacked anyone or like pulled hair since Mm -hmm. which is good because he did it quite a bit (laughs) yeah
0: so i uh, hendrix my oldest he kind of went through that phase yeah and granted i have like um nephews and stuff that can um dish it out too he has a cousin a second cousin but we call him cousin that is like the same age and basically me and my cousin his the kid's dad we agreed we're like if they start fighting just let them fight because they'll both figure out that it sucks to fight yeah and uh yeah that's how that's how we learned it that's the only way you can teach that lesson man i feel you um yeah yeah uh that's it for sports that's it for everything this week right when's the next jazz game uh they
1: play saturday at one so i guess yeah technically tomorrow by the time people listen to this it'll be friday so I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, dude, it's your first day back. <laughs> I know. Come on.
0: I didn't even. Yeah, I don't even know
1: what day. it I'm is. surprised you made it into work today. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, as you were saying, that's all we got for this uh, week's uh, this Thursday's episode. We'll be back, I guess on Sunday. Yeah. For a quick that's pod. Hard. Yeah, we're gonna be back to our regular schedule Thursdays and Sundays. So we'll figure out something to talk about. I mean we'll have a, a couple more jazz games to talk about. I'm sure something's going to happen. Yeah. Something's going something, to happen. happen. Yeah. So uh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening. I am
0: Emma Hamley Jr. He's Zachary Higgin.
1: Good night everybody.